like after can he do afternoon is that a possible time well he can maybe he can do our afternoon but it's his he's on he's on west coast time i think west coast time west coast so like i said sorry we're saying the same thing we're saying west coast west coast time we're saying the same sorry sorry hold on let me try it again west coast time yeah that's it okay thanks west coast time Welcome to the Crunch. It is your boy Ethan, and I'm Patrick. I have been uh, watching the, or not watching, but listening, having on and listening to Matt Fred's interview of Catching Foxes on the Matt Fred Show. Mm-hmm. Actually, so good. They talk about um, us, like McCarrick. Us. No, they don't. I, they haven't mentioned us yet. It, yet it's three hours long. I'm two hours in. Um, talk about like McCarrick, the scandals. <laughs> They talk about social media and they talk a lot about like Catholic podcasts and like how catching foxes were kind of in it before the Catholic podcast avalanche um, and how Matt Fred really like really looks up to them. And like they're telling a story about how um, Matt Fred called Gomer when Gomer was at his in-laws and was asking him like, what microphone do you use? And Gomer was outside shivering, like giving him microphone advice and all these things. So it was just (laughs) very cool insider look and i think one day we could maybe be on matt frad's show one day one day we think? will be on the matt frad show but it'll be a completely different person and it won't be us and we won't ever be on the matt frad show <laughs> Wait, <I'm> just, <laughs> you just you just gently brought my hopes up and you picked them up and then you just laid me you just laid me down like a on, little baby bird the- like a little baby bird, and then you kiss my forehead, and you say, "You will never be on that red show." Here's the problem. So I, you ever, you ever like find out a Catholic podcast that exists, and you're like, "I've never heard of these guys," and then you find out they have eleven thousand likes on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean that like the Catholic talk show or whatever? That yeah. New thing I, at that first, I was up? like, "Oh, oh, what the look heck at is these that? guys? They have the Catholic talk show. Oh, whatever." And I was like, "Oh crap, they cute. do have the Catholic talk show." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I think it's the guy who does did Catholic memes back in the day. I think it's his podcast. Oh, it definitely must be because Catholic memes so, have been advertising it. Right. So, and I'm salty I mean, because they. I, I tweeted something about uh, the Vatican still hasn't gotten back to me about naming this Meat Island Thursday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the Thursday in between Ash Wednesday and Friday. And yeah. then I saw a post, Teresa tagged me in a post on Facebook that was them saying, Happy Meat Oasis Thursday. And I was like, oh. ah, that's pretty much the same thing. Two palm trees. You know joke, what I'm talking about. Joke stealers. Joke stolen. I don't know. I don't think they're joke stealers. I think it's a joke that anybody could come to. It's true. Um, but but that's kind of whack, isn't it? I it's think when whack that someone else could I'm, steal my joke. Oh, we're not on that no, anymore? Okay. Oh, no, I'm saying it's kind of whack that uh, just some <laughs> random, random boy podcast can just be taken off and then we're here. Yeah, grinding. how dare some other random guys who started a podcast be better than us? Two random guys who started a podcast. How dare I'm just, they? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. When do when did their requests start coming in? When did the when did the calls start coming from Ascension Presents from uh, Matt Frad from Catholic Stuff You Should Know from Catching Foxes? Like, hey, we need we need your demographics. Here's the thing. Because Here's the thing. let me tell you what the most let me tell you what the most valuable demographic is. You ready? High school girls, and we got that unlocked. <laughs> we got it. No, you, you, know what I, you know what I found I out. You, you know what I found out this weekend is that apparently the key demographic is ten to thirteen year olds. Are you serious? Yeah. Apparently. Well, those are the, the the generation that can get their parents to buy stuff. That's what it is. When are we? I'm not saying that I'm doing this podcast to get big. Okay, like we got a tweet this week from somebody that said that they're becoming Catholic in part because of our podcast, which is incredible. That's it. right. That's it. Like. Praise the Lord. If that's the only thing that happens because of this podcast, that's it's worth it. You know what I mean? I'm not doing this podcast to get big. I'm trying to get into – I'm doing this Heaven. podcast so I can get into the Catholic Heaven. lifting DM so then I can oh. get big. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, oh. It was a, it was a lifting doing, joke. I see. I'm doing this podcast <laughs> I'm doing this podcast for, one, fame, two, uh-huh. no, notoriety, uh-huh. three, yeah. uh, maybe, maybe a little, you know. A little cash on the side. Here's what I'm of. tired of talking about. I'm tired of every time I, <laughs> I just I I always feel like we do a bad job at this, but 
there, every time someone brings up Catholic celebrity, they go into like a 30 minute soliloquy about why Catholic celebrity is bad. And I guess that's important. Mm-hmm. But some, at the end, do you know what they always do? They say, buy my book. Buy my book. But no, but also I think I think a lot of people understand that already, especially those that are doing the whole Catholic speaking thing. Yeah. They understand that. But it's I, old hear hat. It, I hear it so often that I just get tired of hearing it. And because it, yeah. every time I hear it, it makes me super insecure. And I'm like, going I'm going full, full, uh, full retroactive uh, sort of response. Yeah. So you know what I'm I doing? Used to be, so I was I was when I was in high school, I was pro Catholic speaker. I'm like, that's the best job ever. I want it. Got into college and I was like. Wait a minute, Catholic speakers, they kind of suck, you know. And you this got is... up all you got all up in Christophonics and... Grill. And right, like, right, right. I got up in Christophonics Grill. Like, yeah, screw you. <laughs> and then and then I was like and then I started getting paid to go and do things and I was like, "Okay, Catholic speakers aren't that bad." And then I stopped getting paid to go and do things and I was like, "Wait a minute, Catholic speaking sucks." And then <laughs> and and then everybody started saying, "Oh, Catholic celebrity is bad." And I was like, yeah, finally, everybody's kind of on the train that I've been on. And then now I'm, I'm getting, getting on a different train. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saying, hey, you guys need to shut up. That's my and that's where I am now is everybody stop talking. Nobody say anything to me. That's the <laughs> that's where we've ended up. So I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's the 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 the, the pendulum always swings as the as the the famous Creed song goes. I've 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 I've, I've a very good friend of mine <laughs> said I don't want to be a pendulum. I don't want to swing the pendulum. He was talking about something completely different, but he was like, I don't want the pendulum to swing in the other direction. I want to stop the pendulum. Okay. I want to stop that freaking pendulum. I just want to be like, hey, what if we just talk about how pride is bad Uh huh. in a generic sense and then just assume that people who are doing things like Catholic speaker things – Fill the gap of trust. Yeah. What if we just assume they're not prideful people? Now, I think I think it's important to instill in parishes, and uh-huh. like I think it's important to remember in our hearts and our minds that bringing in a big Catholic speaker isn't going to make your parish convert. True, unless it's one of us. Unless it's one of us. <laughs> Buy my book. <laughs> I don't have a book, but buy it anyway. Oh man, I think that's funny. Uh, no, you're right. Absolutely yeah, right. Um. Also, just some just some other life facts. Um, I am I'm going to New Mexico tomorrow, which is why. Oh no, I just dropped a quarter. Um, which is why. Uh, I we have to record double double duty podcasts tonight. We, we're, we're double duty. We're like we're like. We're, uh, we're double double ply, double layer, um, <laughs> protect the bowl, doing podcasting tonight. Mm-hmm. I've got – this shows you how desperate things are. I'm drinking tea. <laughs> I, I, I hate tea because I can't drink coffee because it will keep me up way too late, and I can't drink anything else on account of, you know, Lent. And so it's like, man, here we are. Yeah, you didn't want to say I, Exodus 90, but it's because of that. Ecstasy ninety. Ecstasy ninety. <laughs> um, check out patreon.com slash the crunch if you want to hear and, about. And he means ecstasy in, in like the prayerful sense. Right? I mean it in the uh, well, no, I mean yes, but also like the drug. No, I mean it in the in in the sense that this is a family friendly podcast. This yes, this is a family friendly podcast. But if your kids don't know about ecstasy, are you really training them to? You're be not good doing adults? a very good job. And also, this is a family friendly podcast that also once released an episode called "Jesus Was a Drug Runner." So I guess we're not. I think we're fine. I think we're I think, fine. Is think that the reason now. we didn't get an imprimatur? No, 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 it was it was a sense of laborum. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh my gosh! We okay. Do you remember so, when somebody printed out all of our podcasts so, and had to read through them? So a while back, like when we first started, it was the summer after we first started the podcast. A good friend of ours, Alex, shout out Alex, was like trying to get us a sensu laborum, and I don't know what that means, but it sounds Latin, and so it's cool, right? And so uh-huh. someone had to like someone had to, they had to find out if everything we said was Some in line soul. with church teaching. Yeah, right. I don't and think so, it was. Not that we're heretics, but so what happened was someone, someone in, I guess they like outsourced, we got like a spike in listenership in Tokyo, didn't we? And apparently they outsourced 
the yeah. um they had to re- had someone read through everything and like check it against church teaching or whatever and because yeah. we made so many sarcastic jokes that like definitely didn't translate to plain text they were uh-huh. like no yeah and then we saw ne- never saw any of that money so never saw any of that sensor laborum money <laughs> that imprimatur money mm-hmm. uh i yeah what was i saying so we're doing two podcasts tonight. So this week's and next week's will be recorded in one mega session. It's true. Um, and as we go on, we'll either get more hysterical and, or less, le- much less hysterical. Yeah, so so this week's episode, it, we can already tell it's going to be great. We're warmed up. We feel good. Next I week's warm, episode is either going to be like twice as awesome or half as good. Or, so, yeah, so you've got – Tune in next week to find out. Tune in. Tune in next week. It's kind of a, a low risk, high low. Re- it's a risk reward situation. <laughs> <laughs> so t- make sure you tell your tell your friends, tell your congressman next week. The crunch. Hey, did you hear that? Beto is running for president. Beto. Thought it was Beto. Thought it was Beto. It's. I thought it was Balto. Um, I, I think Bolt. it's. I think his Super name dog. is. I think his name is Beto. Beto. Um, Beto. Beto. Like it's like it's a it's a kind of a Hispanic pronunciation. It's a nickname but, for Roberto. Oh well, I'm gonna call him Beto so that I can have a campaign called Vito the Beto. Dang it! I was gonna make that joke. I was gonna be like, if I'm became, way ahead you know, of you. You'd have Beto yeah. power. Gosh, veto that's power. Good. That's good. <laughs> no, I think he has to win, and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna meme it into existence of people calling him Beto instead of his actual name, <laughs> and maybe that maybe that maybe I don't have that power, and maybe it's already happening you and don't have just, veto power. unbeknownst to me. But um, I I came to my uh, I came to Brianna, who's from Texas, and she knows about Beto, and I said, Hey, did you know? Did you hear? Did you see that Beto is running? And she just laughed. <laughs> she just laughed at me. She's like, "What? Who's?" I said, "Yeah, the guy with the nice hair, Beto, running for president." She's like, "You are such a gringo," because, I mean, she's of Hispanic descent, and so she can say that. Um, <laughs> what? No, it's funny because never mind. Go on. I mean, you worked in Houston. You it's know. true. Uh, I had a friend. Anyway. I had a friend who, who was a missionary in the door, and she had an Instagram that was called the Gringa Diaries. Because she worked in she worked in uh, the fifth ward of Houston, which is a very high Hispanic population. Um, could we send an email to Beto's camp and see if we could get him on? <laughs> this is like <laughs> I hope you understand, sir. Your actual yeah. your eminence, your my, eminence, my dude. Um, <laughs> he lost. He lost the Senate race. He's not anything. <laughs> Wait, he's not a he's not. He's not a senator. He's oh. not. He's just. He's just Beto. Oh, okay. It's just, <laughs> just his name. Your 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 uh, your candidacy ship. Your this your is Beto-ness. not a political thing at all. You just have to. We're not even going to put your name out. We're not even going to release this episode. We're just talking. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> this is a phone call. You've walked into a phone call. <laughs> we we definitely tricked your campaign manager into thinking we were a lot bigger than we are. <laughs> Wait, this is a mor- Good Morning America. No, sir. This is the crunch. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Close second. This is uh, this is this is like the Catholic uh, equivalency of Good Morning America, but yeah. with more men, fewer women, mm-hmm. and viewers. Few, uh huh. <laughs> I so which I feel like I am the Al Roker and twice this. the mimosas. I'm out. Yeah, I'm Al Roker <laughs> of this show. You are maybe the. Um... I'm gonna kill you. What are you gonna say? I'm not. I wasn't gonna say. <laughs> I was not gonna say Matt Lauer. I just couldn't think of the name of anybody else on that show. Meredith Vieira. She was the host of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. That's the wrong person. Um, I'm not enough. Whom, I'm not familiar with the extended ABC American Broadcasting Corporation <laughs> cinematic universe. I thought it was in CBS. It's definitely ABC. American, it's ABC. ABC. It's ABC. I, you're a communications major, so I have to trust you. That's you know who would know this? You know who would know? Beto. <laughs> That's what we call a callback. Mm-hmm. So we can do business. Anyway, I I just love. I think it's so funny to pronounce his name. <laughs> when like when I when I so, uh, when I first went to Houston, there's these things in Houston in. called kolaches. It's basically uh-huh. like yeah, a, yeah yeah I've had one. Yeah, it's it's a breakfast it's hot good. dog. It's so good. Yeah, and so and I I I in this in this uh, in this Tex-Mex world and with my uh-huh. with my perfect spot on Spanish accent, I'm like, what's a what what are what are kolaches? And Phoebe made fun of me for a solid twenty minutes. 
And I was like, what? And she's like, it's not a Spanish word. It's German. And I'm like, well, well gosh I, dang oh, it then. Oh, oh, Patrick, I did a bad the other day. I did an accidental racism. Well, um, I well listen. So okay. this is not. Tell so us, I was leaving. Tell us now, and then we'll quietly move you to another podcast. <laughs> I, oh wow! Um, don't tell the bishop. I was an MC for a confirmation retreat this past weekend. Um, <laughs> and there was like someone's last name was like, um, like A G a r e s and like three-fourths of the room was hispanic children and like one-fourth of the room was white kids and i pronounce it like is jennifer um a harace here and she goes it's a garris and it's a white girl and i was like oh no that's not racism i thought well i just was like I, everyone was laughing at me because that's it was just, like that's just mispronouncing but, things in the other direction <laughs> right but you also have to understand that i had pronounced been pronouncing all of the names with a hispanic accent just to cover my bases <laughs> And except for the ones that were clearly like Braden Smith, you know, like this Braden Smith's an NFL player that I went to high school with. It's just the widest name I could think of anyway. Um, but yeah, so you, the context was I was, I was trying really, really hard to say all the names correctly and I was just not doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I ended up pronouncing a white girl's name like a, like a Hispanic. You're experiencing so. something that's not necessarily racism, but it's, it's the chameleon syndrome, and it's where a white person tries desperately to fit in to a yeah. cultural community. Well, should, in that situation, do you just, just go for it and you just pronounce them as white as you can, or no. do you really – you just try? You like, do exactly what you did. Okay, great. Yeah. Here's the thing. Was, so when yeah. I, whenever, whenever I try to speak Spanish, I always do it wrong, but people are uh-huh. generally receptive to me trying. Yes. You know, and so – yeah. Cause, cause, like, cause we we think the ob- we think we're immediately going to be rejected for right. for not being one hundred percent in the culture. But you know, people people understand you are obviously someone who grew up in not where I grew up, but yep. you're trying to relate to me, so that's nice. You know, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. like teenagers are the same way. It's like you're relating to a completely different culture, even though I'm four years older than them and watch the same movies on Netflix as they do. Yeah, it's completely different culture, and me just trying to relate to them and figure out what they're, what they're they're thinking about or talking about is something that is meaningful, regardless of whether or not I understand what how to use Instagram because mm-hmm. I don't. I asked one guy, I was like, "What do you do in your free time?" He goes, "I like to hunt." And I was like, "With with what like guns? Do you hunt people? <laughs> Are you about to hunt me?" said i hunt pheasant and i said oh those are fun you hunt peasants <laughs> pheasants they're kind of like the little you know furry guys that run around you the pheasants a bird and i'm like oh what <laughs> i mean i knew pheasant if you had read danny the champion of the world by Roald Dahl, like i was trying to make I a did. joke trying to make a joke i only read james and the giant peach which does not prepare me for anything realistic no it didn't okay? <laughs> it what made is, me afraid what of peaches james, what is what is james and the giant peach about it's an allegory about a for kid, totalitarianism it, no, it's not. Not every book not. that was written pre two thousand is an allegory for totalitarianism. Yes, it is. Listen, no. that's what got me through literature class. Okay, you can't, that's just, what... say, you can't just say like, "Oh, Animal Farm." Every book was Animal Farm. No, wrong. Just because it has animals in it that talk and big fruit doesn't mean it's about Stalin. Everything, Patrick. everything that has anthropomorphic animals. Uh-huh. is an allegory for totalitarianism in the USSR. Mark my words. Watership down. A bug's Hitler. life. A bug's life. It was. All right. It was. Um, ants. 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 Which apparently ants, came out ants the same super, year as Bug's Life. <laughs> ants is super communist. It's well not communist, but like the the Z, the main character, Z accidentally starts like a revolution of the people. Um, <laughs> and it and it gets quashed by none other than a military leader who takes over um overthrows the royal for the throne. zootopia zootopia yeah uh it's about Al- what the- allegory for a totalitarian regime that, that movie was, really just, was just about a police chief who was dirty it's just a dirty cop movie that wasn't really any no totalitarian. it was about it was about prejudice oh they did kind of make it about prejudice didn't they yeah but it was great because you didn't it was, was it? it was about all kinds of prejudice i miss i miss movies of simpler times Frozen. I never saw it. <laughs> it was so good. 
I took my little brothers to see it, and uh-huh. we were like laughing hysterically in the back of the theater. And all these kids were like, "We get it. In summer, it's really funny." And I'm like, "No, you don't understand. This is hilarious." And then I took, then I took like three different people to see it individually over the next couple of months. I watched Frozen in theaters four times. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It was awesome. I I do not regret it. And then all of a sudden, everybody started hating Frozen because it got played too much. I'm like, listen, you loved Frozen when you first saw it. Don't don't pretend. Don't try to be cool because you're not. Signed, Patrick Nevin. Tell me about this this conference that you went to. Oh, okay. How did you know about that? I haven't talked about that yet. Sorry. Hey, Patrick, what did you do this weekend? I went to a conference. No way. Do you want to tell me about it? Yeah. So I, I went to a conference. Great. Glad we it glad was, I did. I did that help. Did, was that set up more helpful for you than yeah, the yeah. one the, that I the gave segue you before? was great. So yeah. I went to a faith formation symposium for the diocese. Okay. It was pretty fun. I've noticed it was great. The, the speakers were awesome. It was really small. It was, I got to got to hang out with a bunch of friends from around Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. 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 I've noticed this trend. Oh, here we go. Trends, whenever baby. people talk about evangelization. <laughs> They all have to start off with the statistics, you know? Uh-huh. Their first slide is like a picture of a house burning, and it's like, this is the Catholic Church. Next slide. 80% of young people aren't coming back to the church. Next slide. Everyone's a pagan. Next slide. Everything sucks. Next slide. Here's my 63-point plan that will <laughs> fix everything. <laughs> first we begin learning latin second i okay this isn't even a joke today i went to a talk given by a priest who has literally written 53 books and or sorry 51 and has Uh been in school for longer than i've been alive and he gave a total talk on how the liturgy needs to be revived and how he remembers the day that a nun came in and taught them kumbaya instead of the latin hymns or whatever and He, he was talking about the importance for a beautiful liturgy, and I was like, yep, on board, uh-huh, on board, on board. And then he started Absolutely. talking about, like, the self-absorbed youths, and I'm like, shut up, dude. We're trying to help you. And then he starts going off. He's like, here's my three-point plan to reinstitute beautiful liturgy. Step one, start educating. Give a class oh, yeah. on the liturgy. Step two, have good liturgy. Step three. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Step That's two big... to have good liturgy is have good liturgy. He said, he said, have more beautiful music, beautiful vestments, beautiful, etc." I'm like, that's – and then he said, step three, when people start getting it, educate them more. Whoa, and I'm what? Like, whoa, wait, well, hold on. I'm like, that is not the, practical steps. That is the worst plan. I <laughs> Shout out to this dude for being in school and, 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 and going to school when he was a kid and learning from none. But, but buddy, father – with all due respect, that is the worst plan that I've ever heard. I've ever heard in my life because it's because it's it's step one: teach a class, uh, in subtext, assume that people will come and listen to you, and also spend a ton of money on something that's yeah. not the liturgy to on help the, revitalize yeah, the liturgy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Step two is have more beautiful music, which in subtext means the entire choir and choir director and parish priest of the place that you're at is completely on board with but completely also, changing this list is everything supposed that's been to done. Be how to revitalize the liturgy and step right. two is revitalize, the, revitalize the liturgy. The liturgy. <laughs> and then step three is once everybody starts to get it, as in once everybody knows what I know, once wink, it's wink, fixed. once it's fixed, like how I want it, then, Oh yeah. boy. I would, I would have, I would, you know what I would have done? I would have gone up to him and I would have flicked him in the nose and I said, Hey, stop that. It's bad plan. Is it a sin to flick a priest in the nose if he's coming up with dumb plans? I think, I think if he's your friend, you can watch out. Was Father, Father Anthony, Anthony Father Anthony's giving this talk? <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. Hey, oh, oh man. I tried, tried boy hours. Who up? It's so, it, it was, it was so funny. Um, but yeah, cause he, he was like, he started off his talk. He was like, if I don't make everybody in this room mad by the end of my talk, I won't have done my job. And I'm like, wait, that's a terrible rhetorical style. Just I know. objectively. <laughs> I know. That's just horrendous. It's like saying, Hey, if all of you don't fall asleep by the end of this talk, I will have not done my job. It's like, <laughs> what, why would you start a talk that way? Yeah. Why would you? Yeah. And he was like, what? he was like, memorization is a good thing. I don't understand why everyone starts talking about how memorization is bad. And then he was like, he was like. For instance, Baltimore Catechism. Were you raised in the Baltimore Catechism? Everyone, ra- all the all the people in the room, raised your hand. And and he was like, 
for instance, why did we, why did God make us to know and love and serve him? And then he's like, and what is a sacrament? A sacrament is an outward sign of an inward holy reality. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, now how many of you pray? <laughs> did you stand up in the middle of his I, talk? I, okay. I was so close. If I hadn't you really should've. had to pee, I would have. That would have been so funny. Patrick, you could have been the uppity young person. I don't uh, want to just ruin my reputation in the diocese with all of the various school principals and DREs. They're my target yeah, demographic. Also, they are, but but way to start your career with a bang, am I yeah, right? Yeah, right. You could really Two months be, in, I'm like, screw all yeah. of you. <laughs> you could really be the Rosa Parks of uh, youth ministry in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I'll go or down some, in history as the Rosa Parks yeah. of youth ministry. Well, I, I'm trying to think of like someone who stood up in a crowd and said, "Hey, Rosa Parks out. literally didn't stand up. That was her point." Sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean, though. Like the. I'm trying to think of somebody who, in the middle of a speech, was like, "Here's the thing: people don't. People you can be. Go you could be the guy standing up in a crowd in the middle of someone else's talk and saying something. That's not what people go down in history for. That's what people get like." videotaped and po- videotaped they get like posted on twitter and flamed by the entire world for being a jerk and standing up in front of someone's talk you yeah. real change doesn't happen in the middle of a talk right that's the whole thing is like i didn't need to do that because i already knew the talk wasn't doing anything whoa right like if the talk had been like stirring everyone to an like everyone to like a if if, if the talk had been making people emotional even if it Sorry, I'm not going to go off on that tangent. But if the talk the talk wasn't doing anything, everyone was mad by the end of it, like they uh-huh. like he said, but yeah. not because of the content. I think everyone agreed with the content. I think we're at a point where most of the people are like, "Hey, maybe beautiful music is good." Yeah, I, think most I don't think anybody's. I don't think that's like a bold. That's like a. What's your un, tweet? Your unpopular opinion, and yeah. someone tweets that like yeah. NASCAR is boring. It's like, wow, so brave, so You're brave. Like, yeah, the liturgy. Why would you say something so brave? So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so controversial, yet so brave. Yet so brave. That's literally anytime anybody tweets or talks about the liturgy that has a slight right lean. It's yeah, like, exactly. You know, actually, um, I think that we should bring back uh, altar rails. Everyone's like, ah. I know it'll fix the church. <laughs> uh huh. It's like, come, can you? That's, you're really not saying anything new. Yeah, and know? like yeah, and I, I and it you could tell that he was very out of touch. Yeah, with the reality yeah, yeah, yeah. of the church, and it was like I was like I, I wish that you would give us actual concrete Tip. tips. Like I, as a person, as as a catechist, don't need to be convinced that uh-huh. liturgy is good. What I want <laughs> to do is I want there's there's been a two there's been a two generation long hiccup of a lack of liturgical formation, right? Like when he was a kid, he would go to mass and hear the music, right? So I can sing, be not afraid. I don't know all of these amazing hymns that he grew up with. So how am I supposed to like concrete steps teach in his, it was like my job, according to him, teach all of these students, these new hymns. Right. And I was like, "I, I need concrete steps and he just didn't give them. And I was very disappointed, but that wasn't the point of my rant. Sorry, I I interrupted you. What is the point of where your was rant? I? Where was I going? You were talking about the conference, and then you started talking about this priest who gave a talk about the liturgy. Yeah, but I I was talking and then, about and then we got off track. Yeah, <laughs> I was talking about how how people do the whole like the house is burning down, the house is burning yes, down sort of thing. Yes, yes, sixty three point plan. Yeah, I kind of understand why Luke hates conferences now. Really. Yeah, like at first I, 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 at first I like I understood in the sense that I'm like, okay, Luke, I catch your drift. Like I understand you don't like being in conferences. I'm still young and happy, um, <laughs> but I'm I'm still young and happy, right? But okay. I went to the conference and I just kept feeling like I I had a headache, but not because not because I had a headache, because I was like I'm anxious and mm. scared. Mm. and and i'm overwhelmed okay and i feel like i can't do this and i think that there's a good holy fear that's instilled in people at sometimes right it's like hey um james 3 let not all of you be teachers because more mm-hmm. will be required of you right and if anyone who leads a little one astray it is better that a millstone be tied around your neck and thrown into the sea yes that's a good healthy holy fear Right. Yeah. But at the same time, 
Jesus says, do not be afraid. I am with you. Fear not, little flock, for it is, it has pleased your father to give you a kingdom. I love that verse. I go back to that all the time because it makes me, it makes me remember I am just a little sheep. And as long as I stay close to Jesus, I will be okay. And I just didn't feel that when I hear all the Pew research, all the care research, the St. Mary's Press Institute research about how 80% of of young people are leaving the church. I'm like, yeah, sure. But the 20% that are here kick ass. They're awesome. Like I have met so many amazing Catholics and I have so much hope for the future of the church. And I think that if some people would just look back at the people who are still here, they would feel a lot better about this fight that we're fighting. And I think those statistics are good when you do qualitative research instead of quantitative. If you look at numbers, you're going to be mad and then you're going to say, but the numbers don't matter. And then you're not going to believe it because you're going to believe the numbers matter. But if you look at qualitative research, like, Hey, why are they leaving? Well, most of them think that most of them, one of the cool statistics, I was like, most of the, um, the people who have left thought they were welcomed. They felt welcomed at church. But they didn't come back because they just drifted away and no one called them. That's an interesting statistic. That's something that I can say, here's what I'll do. I'll make sure I have everyone on a list. And if they haven't come to church in a while, I'll have someone from our hospitality team give them a call. Right? That's something That's something concrete that I can do. But I can't yeah. look at this 80% pie and be like, how am I supposed to eat this whole thing by myself? Because I Ooh. felt very alone. Yeah, that's that is something that I I also I can definitely agree with because you you put all the the focus missionaries in one place for training over the summer and you're all together and you're like, yeah, we can do anything. And then you all everybody gets scattered all over the country. Yeah. And then you get to your campus. and You're like, I can't do anything. (laughs) And it's I, I mean, at least I have a team. You are kind of on your own. I mean, you have a staff and you have priests and all that stuff. But like true. You don't have a team. Well, here's the thing. Here's uh, the thing. I found I found people. This symposium really helped. I like I hung out with my friend Jonah, who I haven't seen in a little while. He's a youth minister not too far from me. He was like, "Hey, like you should get a place up here in the North Hills. Like we can hang out." And I'm like, "This Ooh. is great." And uh, another friend from Franciscan, David. Shout out, David. He he lives David? up here. I can hang out with him, right? Like there are yeah. people around yeah. that I can hang out with. I uh, uh, Joni, Nick. Shout out. Right. Like all these people, I'm not alone. And this, this conference helped me remember that, but nothing that was planned helped me remember that it was only by circumstance that I was reminded that I wasn't alone because a lot of times I am the youngest person by a significant margin. And I feel weird talking about that at my office because it's kind of insulting to say to a bunch of ladies like, Hey, you guys are older than me, but (laughs) I mean, everybody knows it. And it's like, yeah, you, you, I mean, even, even without looking at you, they know. (laughs) <laughs> it's just your presence i'm just a little baby boy you 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 bring a youthful spirit hey thank you for listening to this episode of the crunch sorry to interrupt what i'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation but i wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors we will be back right after this i i would have to echo your your statement about like the formal things don't really help. And that seems so weird when you think about it. Like catechesis is important. It's an important part of uh, growing in the faith. Like we need to be dedicated to the teaching of the apostles. We need to understand what the church teaches and what our faith uh, means and what it means for us. And if we're not informed, then we don't know it. But I think a lot of catechesis, a lot of talks are catechesis Mm -hmm. and a lot of, formal events symposiums or whatever whatever they call soliloquies 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 and syllogisms and symbolisms and and yeah and those sorts of things and symbolons and science fiction novels styrophoenician women styrofoam cups are all designed (laughs) for for people to to come together and it's the main focus is always Talks, 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 breakouts, breakouts, breakouts. And, but every time people walk away, and maybe that's, maybe this is just you and me, but I don't know about you, but anything that I want to know about the church, I can find through a quick Google. Like, I don't, for, Wait, for people like, Wait, that's a good point. 
for people like you and I, as in the the twenty percent of solid Catholics that you're talking about, we we know where to find the information. Mm-hmm. We know priests that we can talk to. We know friends that we can talk to. We know um, websites to go to, videos to watch. You've got you can go as you know. Um, solid and simplified as like father mike schmitz or you can go all the way up to like watching augustine institute lectures like there's or so reading much, books <laughs> or re- yeah sorry i'm just talking about like online I you know yeah, yeah 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 so i was like i thought you were going to say all the way like up that. to augustine and then you were like augustine institute lectures an institute. and i was like nice <laughs> sorry i'm also augustine and aquinas um and bonaventure just throw you a bone there Speaking of Aquinas, or speaking of um, Bonaventure, we're going into our new segment, the I. No, sorry, let me keep going. <laughs> <laughs> you always do this, um, but I know it's how we go. It's how we do podcasting together. Um, but the whole point is, groups, as in dioceses, um, apostolates. Maybe, maybe it's time to abandon the uh, talk model. The what model? Talk model. The talk model. As in, we're going to come and we're going to sit and we're going to listen. Because this, and I, I can see why that's the default, because mm-hmm. it's, it's easy. But wait, our fellow, our friends and listeners say, we don't just do talks. Oh, we break up into small groups after the talks. Well, <laughs> let me say, dissenters, I want you to put yourself into the shoes of a teenager who walks into your into your um into your group and I, I wanted to spell this first off. We need to stop treating teenagers like they don't want to know these things. Yeah. Because Ugh. I've had I've had kids ask me how to pray. How do yep. you pray? I, I oh do you God, have an answer dude. for that? I just want to ask that question. Do you have an answer for that? Because you need to find one. Um and like you you I, I can't give you that answer. You need to find from your own prayer life how do you answer that question. Um moving on. Put yourself in the, I, in the shoes of it. Sorry, go on. What? Sorry, I was just going to tell a story real quick. Oh, um, I, was, I just want—I want to finish this one thought. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go um, ahead. Okay, okay, okay. Um, put yourself in the shoes of that teenager walking into your youth night, or whatever you're doing, or a, a new a new person coming into your church, and you sit them down and you have this long talk, and all of a sudden they see the intellectual depth and tradition of the church, maybe for the first time, and they go, "Whoa, I." am not smart and they are in this huge like they are in this like huge like uh, insecurity they just feel bad about themselves like why don't i know this i thought i was a good christian because some of these people actually do believe in christ maybe they're really good catholics maybe they do try to pray every day they just don't know all of this stuff right and then when they're feeling at their most insecure because you had this great intellectual talk where you sourced all of these materials right then you put them into a group of people they've never met, and you ask them, what did you think of that talk? That is probably the worst thing you could do to that person. What is the storm in your life that Jesus is going to calm? That's the other end of the spectrum <laughs> where it's just nothing. <laughs> yeah. what, what story were you going to tell? I was just thinking about – you mentioned like treating teens like they actually want to know things. Um, at the, the high school confirmation retreat I was telling you about, um, there was, I, I think I'm safe cause I'm not naming names at all. And I, I don't, I honestly don't remember the kid's last name. So even if I did remember it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's a wash, but, um, <laughs> he was being kind of like a, a typical rowdy chotch bag. It, she was being a chotch. He was making jokes <laughs> and he was doing this bit. He was doing this bit about like, I said, boys are going upstairs and girls are going to stay down here. And he goes, what if I don't identify? You know, that's stupid, like high schooler crap, you know? Uh, I was like, and he was just doing it with his friends and he kept going and he kept I would have been like, I thought girls were and, going to Jupiter. Sorry. <laughs> I, I did do that. Um, but I was like, hey, like you need to know when to end the bit. Like I can tell, I can tell that you're a funny guy and that like you like making people laugh, but you got to know when to stop because when you go too far, um, then – people start to lose respect for you and i said that to him kind of like offhandedly as we were like walking up the steps into this room for this men's panel i bet that really got to him and then i'll tell you this we had adoration at the end of the day and i was i was wiped from from emceeing and i was going to pray at a different time than like during when all the high schoolers were praying so i was out in the lobby like helping clean up and take care of stuff um 
And this kid comes out and he like comes and finds me. He goes, Hey, um, what do you mean about taking it too far? And I like got to have this great conversation with him about how to use humor in a holy way. And so then he good. asked, and then after that, he asked, I've got a lot of friends in my life that aren't very holy and I don't know how to, how to have better friends. How do I have better friends? And then we had a whole conversation about how to have better friends and like how to be willing to like let your friendships go and all this stuff. And he was like super, super thankful for all of that. And it's like this kid who at the beginning of the retreat was just a super mega chotch bag. Like actually even, even, even this kid still has a desire to know things, you know, still has a desire to, to turn it around and figure out like what is actually the good thing. And yet we, I feel like in the past, I would not have said what I said to him in the first place. Like I wouldn't have called him out. I would have just ignored it and moved on. But it's like, we actually have to be willing to talk to these, to the teens and to everyone in our life in, in that way is the same way you would talk to your friend or you would hope somebody would talk to you of like, yeah, if I'm doing something wrong, like I need to be corrected. And you only have this short period of time with them. So I just took advantage of it. Have you read the five dysfunctions of a team by fellow Patrick Lencioni? No, I've, it's in my Amazon cart though. It's so, so you can wait for it to go down in price. Absolutely. Um, that's what I do. Give me, give me um, that used paperback, baby. So Patrick Lencioni, if you're listening, and I know you are, if you want to yes. come on and talk about the five dysfunctions of the crunch, we'd love to have you. <laughs> anyone from the amazing parish, if you're listening, and I know you are. Kevin might be listening, but hey. Kevin Cotter, Lisa Cotter, I'm just name dropping just in case maybe it gets tagged by Facebook, pops up in your feed, and you're like, hey, you know, I'm going to listen to these guys. Here we are. We're <laughs> begging. I'm on my knees literally saying, please, we need we need we need sponsorship. So back to my point. Oh wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to my point. <laughs> Cause I just got my first utilities bill and holy crap, I never knew how much never mind. Um, kids, stay in your parents' house until you're thirty-five. So I <laughs> Um The five dysfunctions of a team, the bottom one is like a lack of trust, and then there's a there's a, a fear of conflict all the way up through like a uh, a fear of um I forget all the all the others, but the bottom two are like foundational. I think these five dysfunctions of a team are also five dysfunctions of an evangelist. Because if you Ooh. don't establish trust, that's like the first stupid mistake people make. They think that people get to trust them because they're on stage. Um, I've had great catechists. at. I, I, I heard a really great catechist once say to a group of kids, I need you to respect what we're doing right now. And that lost all of their because it was like it was like she knew that she needed respect from the kids and she refused to earn it she just demanded it it didn't ask for it demanded it and i was like i was like she's a great Uh. catechist everything else that she did that that was the one thing i've ever seen her do wrong so i was prepped with that but that was like that was like a cringe moment it happens um that's something that you say when you're like frustrated but um yeah, a lack a lack of building trust, and then a lack of a fear of a fear of conflict is something definitely because we we don't want to challenge each other, let alone a stranger. You know, it's like what if what if I lose them? It's like no, if you do it right, you won't. And sometimes if you do it wrong, right, you will actually. Never mind. <laughs> I mean, there are ways to completely turn people off, but I think. Being a Christian requires boldness, and I think being an evangelist requires boldness, and I think boldness can't only come out on stage, and it can't only come out on a retreat, and it can't only come out when you're in a church. Like, we have to be what. Like, here's another example, right? And I'm not saying I'm the perfect perfection of this. These are just things that I've I've recently been noticing. Um, of like the other day, I was I went to an intramural softball game, which I'm not allowed to play in because I'm an adult. Um, and I'm too strong. I'm too strong. I don't strong play, to play softball with... for the I little not... girly I... boys. I play hardball with men. Um, <laughs> and I, I had, uh, I was not allowed to play, but I went and supported the the students that were playing. And one of the other, one person on the other team, um, took the Lord's name in vain. He said, he said GD, um, because of like something that happened. And I yelled at him. I said, Hey, don't take the Lord's name in vain. And like he looked at me, and like the other team looked at me, and they kind of laughed a little bit, but like I didn't laugh, and I I looked straight at him, and he went back to playing. I don't know if that had any effect on anybody, but, but you did it. That's the but point. that's but that's my initial response. Like I've 
I'm that word is or that those that phrase is so far away from my vocabulary that like when I hear it, it just instantly like triggers you. Make, yeah, it makes me mad, and I will yell at people. I get I, real with, steamed like a bag of broccoli. I oh get, boy, <laughs> I well I don't get that mad, but I I tell people I'm like hey even people I don't know I'm like hey that's that's not cool, um because that's the uh, that's what I, that's the name that I will I'll, I'll live and die by and I don't want you just to bring it up. You know, if you don't actually mean it, so don't. Yeah, I. These are the things that I that I think about. This is totally tangential, but I think it's important to talk about. Anyway, sorry for going off for a second. No, that's cool. Go off, Queen. Mm -hmm. Um, not relevant to the conference thing that you were talking about, but I, I, I I guess I wanna I wanna say something. Uh, I, I do want to say something good about that. <laughs> wait, hold on. Wait a minute. Patrick, you want to say something? Hold you on. Stop the presses. <laughs> I do want to say positive things about the conference because it was awesome, and I'm very thankful okay, to good, the Diocese of Pittsburgh, good. my employer and future health in care insurance provider, that um, <laughs> that uh, it was it was great, and I'm really glad they put it on. For instance, they brought out a good speaker from. They brought out a couple of awesome speakers from Franciscan. Shout out Franciscan, and um, I felt a lot of hope in those talks because especially the one given by dr rice gave some very concrete steps to reach out to the generation that we're reaching out to and he talked about the statistics a little bit he was like hey so this is the reality of these kids um the other reality that you're not that you might not be surprised is um moral issues like drinking drugs and teenage pregnancy are at the like lowest in recent history because um of one thing they're lonely they're not talking to each other they're not doing those things so this is what you're you're this is the kind of group you're talking to you're talking to kids that are connected beyond belief but alone depressed and stressed about their future and why things are the way they are and they're scared of the world um and they and he's and he's like this is he gave the statistics not as a way to freak us out, but as a way to encounter the people we're ministering to, which I think is what they sh what it should be. You know, it's a story. It tells a story. And as Sherry Waddell says, like the best thing and the best thing I've heard from her books is don't accept a label in place of a story. She she yes. puts so much importance on stories. Like don't accept don't accept the word atheist in place of someone's story. And sometimes, sometimes people do that. Um, and I, and I yeah. think it can go the same way, like for the priest that we were kind of bagging on earlier, like don't accept the label of trad priest in place of a story because he, he probably has a story as to why he came up with the plan that he did. Yeah, probably. And we have to be willing to listen to it in the same way that we have to be willing to listen to the angry atheist or the super left leaning you know, teenager who thinks that they know everything, you know, like yeah. it, it doesn't matter. Everybody has a story, whether they're super Orthodox Catholic, whether they're heterodox Catholic, whether they're the Pope, whether they're Cardinal McCarrick, doesn't matter. Like we have to, we have to listen to people's mm. stories because that's, because that's what Jesus did. He didn't just roll up and be like, all right, nobody talk. <laughs> everybody I, shut up. I got something everybody, to say. Everybody be quiet for the next three years. I'm going to do some stuff. That's not what he did. He he listened. He talked to people. Yeah. He sat with people. He, he sent his people. boys away so he could encounter someone one on one. Exactly. John chapter four, suckers. I sat down with one of my catechists today and I had a really great conversation about like our our um our stories. I was like, why'd you come with catechist? She's like, I don't know. I was like, sweet. And she just kind of recounted the story and she told me, she said, I don't know. And then she told me why. And that's one of the crazy things is like, sometimes when you ask someone their story, it's not just for your benefit. It's they, they figure out their story oh, themselves. Yeah. Oh, most, oh, yeah. most of the time. My first youth night, I handed out these little cards, right? My first youth night, I gave my testimony. Um, cause I figured that was what I should do. Cause that's like, what did you talk about me and your testimony? No, I didn't. About how I saved you from the depths of mortal sin through this podcast. <laughs> By doing this podcast. Um, <laughs> how I got you your job because of this podcast. No, you didn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, who started the cast? The merits of my Twitter page got me that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sure. Um, sure. so where was I? Oh my gosh. I forgot what I was saying. 
you're telling your first youth night. Oh, yeah. Your, my first youth night, yeah. I gave my testimony. I figured that was appropriate because that's what St. Paul did before he started preaching to people. Um, you're right. <laughs> hashtag, shout out the Bible. And I, I gave my testimony, and then I was like, I want to know what's going on in y'all's life. And so I handed out these little cards I called Where Are You cards, and they asked six questions. One was, do you believe in God, and do you can you have a personal relationship with him? Um, if yes, what does that look like? If no, why not? Uh, do you pray? If so, how? Um, and have you ever had an encounter with Jesus Christ? And what does it mean for you to be Catholic? What does it mean to be Catholic in your mind? And I got some great responses. No and it, it gave me a solid look at where my ministry is at and what I need to touch on. And it was also a good thing to like type up anonymously and give to my pastor and say, this is where we're at. And then in, in at the end of the year, I could be like, this is where we are <laughs> or the end of the semester. And um, I think... And then I handed out these other cards that were that were like event evaluations at the end of it, and um, out of the out of the kids that were there, um, most of them, so like eighty percent of them, said that their two favorite things of the event were me giving my personal testimony and the witness cards that they got to fill out. It was a very effective thing. If you're if you're in ministry, I highly recommend it. It worked great. It was awesome. I, I didn't realize how much I desire to sit in on one of your life nights until now. <laughs> I want to be, I want to blend in. I'm going to wear a hoodie. I'm going to pull it up over my head and wear sunglasses. I'm going to sit down amidst the teens and I'm going, I'm going to blend in because I'm not very big, kind of a slender guy. I'm going to sit down and I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to listen. I'm going to heckle and I'm going to heckle you while you, <laughs> while you talk and while you tell your story. And then I'll say, what about talk about Ethan? Yeah, who said that? <laughs> I, I, realized, about I realized how like how much I need to like delegate prior to the youth night because I was I was simultaneously giving my yeah. witness talk and trying to coordinate the ordering of the pizza, and oh. it was very Patrick. Oh no, that's that's rookie stuff, dude. It was hilarious. I was like, I'm so, sorry. but all the kids were like, whatever, it's fine. They're like, they're just there to roll with it. Um, oh that's man, funny. I'm so excited for this ministry. I'm it's excited great. for you. Every too, time, man. every time I, every time I talk to a teenager about God, I like get a little. Even if they're, like twenty percent of my response, they said they don't know if they believe in God. Um, and I'm like, I'm really happy that they were honest enough in filling out those cards because they could have just been like, I'll just write what he wants to hear. You know, but I'm really glad that they were at least open enough to be anonymously open with me and that there are kids with somewhere to go. Right. Because like I, I just I desperately want for them to know Jesus. The Holy Spirit's really throwing me a bone here because it's like he's I, I can I, I know that if I know that three months ago, I wouldn't be having these ideas that I'm having. And like speaking in the way that I'm speaking and like praying the way that I'm praying. It's been great. You got to ride that gravy train till it runs out, son. <laughs> good, thing, good thing, good thing, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God never runs out. Yeah, un- until, till it does, and then you die, and then you get and it forever, it, oh, and you're good. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I have a question. Uh, Ethan. Yes, thank you. How long have we been going? <laughs> How long have we been going? Oh, 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 this episode, we started at 13 minutes, and we are at one hour and six minutes. Oh, great. Yeah, we're good. So we're good. So we can start wrapping up, move into the next yeah, one. Yeah, we can. Great. I think I think that's awesome. It's fun for us because we just get to roll right into the next thing. Everybody else, they got to wait a week. <laughs> you know? Oh, I feel sorry for you suckers. Rookie gang. Rookie gang. I Yeah, I don't – I mean, concluding thoughts as far as this week goes, I really think – I know we don't have a lot of sway in how the domestic church sort of handles ministry get-togethers. Um, domestic church? Sorry, not domestic church. I was like, you mean the home? <laughs> the first catechists. I meant, I meant like I... <laughs> CCC one 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 one, if you will. L- little little preview of what's to come next episode. Um, uh, of, I mean, just like the church in our country, in America. The church in the, the domestic, church. in the interior. And yes, yes, the the interior cabinet of the church. I We don't have much say in how they handle conventions and conferences and, and syllogisms. What, what we can do is say, hey, maybe let's think about um, 
what is actually inspiring our evangelists, what's actually inspiring our, our ministers and listen to them and not just keep giving them talks. Yeah. And let's actually listen to our teens and listen to what inspires them and listen to what brings them closer to Jesus. And maybe for the teens, it's, you know, I keep going to the Steubenville conferences, but youth ministers, like you have the choice to not go to a Steubenville conference. Yeah. You have the choice to say, instead, we're going to do a, a silent retreat or something. And it's like, you have to be so in tune with your flock mm-hmm. um, and so attentive to the needs of the people that you're responsible for. Like for me, I'm not going to force my students here, like my guys in Bible study. I'm not going to force them to go on a retreat um, because I know where they're at and I know that um, it's not the time, you know, like, and some people say, well, you're not giving the Holy Spirit a chance. It's like, well, I am giving the Holy Spirit a chance, but it's by discerning the next move. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Like I'm using my, my rational intellect, which is the ordinary way through which the Holy Spirit works in me. Like I'm going to use that and say, okay, it's probably not the best idea to put six soccer players on this retreat designed, you know, for very involved Catholic center students, you know, <laughs> yeah. like it's not something I'm going to do. Um, so that, that I think there, there needs to, the, we talk about the silver bullet a lot and like that approach of, oh, just this conference, just this talk, just this book, just this speaker. And it's not that it's the work. silver bullet's name is Jesus Christ. You pagans. He's not silver. He's, he's gold. He's a, he's a, he's a white circular boy and he, you can receive him yeah. in the oh. Eucharist so mad i'm not mad i'm happy i i don't like how you called jesus a, a white circular boy he's brown <laughs> i meant the eucharist i know but jesus the guy i didn't mean caucasian if i meant you caucasian, i mean but I you said you i would have specified the region listen my new american bible says that jesus was white my new american bible says that jesus was circular and whole wheat <laughs> my new american bible says oh man uh, Never mind. We don't worship okay. a Wonder Bread Jesus. We worship an ancient grain Jesus. We worship Sarah Lee Jesus. <laughs> iron Kids Jesus. Iron oh, Kids man. sharpens Iron Kids. I have no idea what Iron Kids is, but I'm it's assuming a, it's, it's a brand of white of bread. bread. I'm assuming that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I only kind of, eat so peanut butter and jelly on white bread, and I will is, not apologize for that. This is my final story before we can wrap up. Okay. <laughs> I... I was eating I was eating a sandwich the other day. It was peanut butter and jelly. You can and say it was, that, yeah. It was on white bread. Uh-huh. Of and, course. And I was talking about how mature was it I was. Was it grape jelly or, or strawberry jelly? It was grape. Okay. And I was talking about how mature I was, or at least how mature I thought I had become. Uh-huh. And then Alexander, my teammate, he points at the bread, the bread packaging. He said, could you read that little yellow line right there? And it said, <laughs> it said, white bread taste that kids love. <laughs> And that I was I was owned. I was owned very. Oh, hard. you were owned by your own bread. Yes, I know. No, I anyway. I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich like every day as a kid, and I never wanted anything different. I am like I like to think that I'm an adventurous person, and sometimes I am. Like I fly around the country sometimes. <laughs> hey, Ethan hadn't been on an airplane until he was like my age. The other day, I saw a bird jump off of a of a street <laughs> sign. And it spread its wings out, and it just fell straight down. It was no one of the funniest way. things I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. Oh, man. You know how birds, like, they'll stick out their wings, they'll kind of, like, float for a while and then start flapping and go up? This one just kind of stuck his wings out and just <laughs> fell to the ground. So Aww, funny. That's so sad. It was a crow. Hey, Ethan, Don't feel hey, bad. Ethan, see any deers get hit by cars lately? <laughs> <You're> just... <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Can I put that on Patreon? Uh, no, you can't. It's <laughs> so funny. Uh, I sent Patrick a video of a deer getting hit by a car, and it was so funny because he got mad. And me and Father Anthony had a long conversation about about the the morality of getting your jollies off of watching a deer die. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched it again. <laughs> you just watched it again? Yeah, I just, just thought, I love just now. I scrolled back to my history of text with you, and I played it. End of the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right, so you can support us on patreon.com slash the crunch if you in- enjoyed that episode at all and wanted more of it. Um, just wait till next week. <laughs> just wait till next week. Uh, Twitter, Patreon, Facebook, email. 
if you have any sponsorship opportunities, maybe you've got money that you're just that's sitting in your room and you're saying, ah, I don't have anything for this. Send us an email and we'll give you an address that you can mail it to. And then we'll talk about your brand or whatever you want. Make on sure your, you uh, mail it in cash. That's the including, safest way to send money. Including but not limited to Florian Appliance Repair, our favorite repair appliance repair out of Kansas City. And they also repair uh, dogs. They also repair dogs. They're very good for the whole metropolitan area of the of the Kansas City, greater Kansas City area. Um, so if you are interested in an appliance uh, and maybe you want to buy a broken one and you want to call Florian Appliance Repair um, to get wait, it wait, fixed. Wait, wait, so you don't he full sells price. broken appliances or he fixes? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying you buy, you buy a broken one from like a garage sale and then you call Florian Appliance Repair and they, they fix it for you. Gotcha. Uh, as an official sponsor of the Crunch, Florian Appliance is probably the number one trusted um, appliance repair company in the world. Um, yeah. So you're, you're not going to find that on any other podcast. They, they repair a range of different appliances. Um, that was a joke that went over Ethan's head because Ethan doesn't know that a range is what you call a stove oven combo. I... Did anybody know that? People did know the, that. Florian, who suppl- knows Florian that? Appliance Repair knew that, and and Andrew, range? and Andrew Strictly Business Jordan definitely oh got that joke. He didn't. He didn't get it. He did. I. They. They. They are uh, these deals. They're. They're. Uh, oh, laundry. Another freezing. I wonder if Andrew Strictly Business Jordan listens to the podcast. I know Andrew he, Jordan listens to the podcast, but yeah, Andrew Strictly Business. Um. <laughs> Let's let's microwave this segment goodbye. Sounds good. Okay. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Be like me. The Rosa Parks of Pittsburgh. And sit down. <laughs> and sit down for what you believe in. You're not supposed to react. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you and we will see you next week. I know I'm not supposed to react, that was so good. <laughs>